Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we have a brand new prompt from a brand new listener, or maybe maybe they're not a brand new listener, but it's their first time submitting. So a big thank you to CEM Oh No. And if I'm pronouncing that wrong, you email me, we'll make it happen, we'll fix it up in post. Actually, it's it's going to be too late by the time it comes out because it's already going to be done in post. But anyway, we'll make sure that the next time that you submit, we'll pronounce it correctly. Before we get into that, of course, if you, much like CEM Ono, want to have us build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click a link, follow some instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on YouTube. So go over there and click subscribe and all the other buttons. We're also still on Twitter. So you can follow us there at Let's World Build. We've also got a Discord if you'd rather talk to us more directly about world building, about how to pronounce your name, perhaps. Anything that you want, we've got a Discord for that. Come join us. Come chat with us. And of course, if you're feeling particularly generous or if you just want access to our sweet, sweet patron-only goodies, like, for example, if you wanted your prompt to be two episodes rather than one, that is how you would do that by going over to our Patreon and giving us just a little bit of money, saying thank you, and supporting the podcast that way. Now, with all of the shilling out of the way, let's dive right into it. So our tenets and our world-building prompt again comes from CEM Ono. These are all very short and sweet, but this is what we've got. The prompt is, the name of the world is Wervenay. Wervenay is the most dangerous and extremely beautiful world of magic. Simple, straight to the point. The three tenets that we've got are humans. Humans with butterfly wings and bird wings, also known as angels. And finally, mermaids with holographic fishtails. Now, I'm under the assumption that we're dealing with holographic, meaning iridescent, like kind of like shimmery and stuff like that. However, Daniel, I have to imagine that you're going to come and say like, no, they're holographic hard light technology coming out of the tails. So Daniel, why don't you start us off with that? It will go on from there. Daniel, kick us off today. As usual, I will defy your expectations. Um, I anticipate it. You you defy nothing, sir. I know what to expect at this point. Um, I actually wasn't <laughs> thinking about this as sci-fi, but um, my first is uh, the masters of magic are as wise as they are pernicious, residing singly and in solitude among mansas, hovels, and castles. <laughs> so, so we've got a bunch of wizard towers, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, love it. Big fan of that already. So pernicious, can we talk a little bit more about that? Are we thinking trickster? Are we thinking malicious in some way? Like, what do you think of when you think of pernicious, Daniel? I'm thinking they are kind of very radical-minded. They have their own interests. Um, some of them might be nice. Some of them might be really rude. Some of them might be mm. uh, willfully malicious. But they're not necessarily... Um, they're, they're self-interested, you know. Fascinating. Daniel, I have to say that that description perfectly exemplifies the first of my tenets. Because when I saw, okay, we've got the tenet being dangerous and extremely beautiful. 
I was thinking, okay, we've got a lot of magic. What is beauty based? And I'm like, okay, we want a magic system based on aesthetic. And then I'm like, wait a minute. What if magic were ruled by aesthetic through fashion? And so my tenet is the magic here is basically fashion magic. And Daniel, your description of the the masters of magic being pernicious and self-interested, you basically just described the fashion industry at large. <laughs> so I'm I, I love that this is already jibing, and I'm I'm really excited to see where we go from there. Are they um, all badly dressed and they're bickering over this? Well, if if magic is based on fashion, I would imagine that it is like the most immaculate. Now, mind you, right? Fashion and beauty have different definitions and different waves of how it looks. So I would imagine that there's different fashion styles that you can pull off. So you could look slovenly, but it is a deliberate slovenliness that you have to yourself, right? Kind of like how John Waters likes to wear like a t-shirt that's like crumpled and ugly, but it's worth like a thousand dollars. That's kind of something that I have in mind as well. So it's like derelict from Zoolander? In part, yes, in part. Like there's all sorts of interesting fashion styles that you can uh, attribute to magic and stuff like that. And I think it'd be a really fun way that we can explore a system that is where, where beauty is important. Can we just make this Zoolander, actually? <laughs> I mean, we've maybe. What is what is your first tenet, Courtney? Maybe you can push us in a Zoolander direction. Uh, sadly, no. Uh, my first one relates to the mermaids. Uh, I wanted ah. to say that they are predators and they use their holographic tails to lure in unsuspecting prey, similar oh, to yeah. anglerfish. Oh, I love that. I love that. Also... Now that you've said that, I'm just thinking of the mermaid ad from Zoolander where wetness is the essence of water. Is that the line? It's oh, something I, like that. I forgot about that in there. Oh, yeah. You should watch that movie again. It's, yeah, it's it's pretty good. The, the first one holds up. I refuse to see the second one just because it's dog shit. But, I, well, I've heard that it's dog shit. It might uh, be good. It might be hidden gem, but come on. It's probably not. Anyway, anyway. Uh, yeah, so we're creating Zoolander, and I love the fact that your uh, mermaids have holograph, like illusory tails in some way. That's really cool. Or iridescent or glowing or reflective. Mm. Doesn't necessarily have to be like the true definition of holographic, but mm. along mm. those lines. I sense tension between um, man eating mermaids and badly dressed wizards. Yeah. Yes. In their eyes, they're dressed quite well, though. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I'm curious. Like, does that mean that the mermaids are also dressed fashionably if they want to be like a magic user of some kind? Hmm. I don't know if I if I want to buy into the idea that all magic is controlled through fashion because it restricts things. I mean, it'd be interesting if the wizards specifically do that. Ah. Or these these. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I, I'm I'm suggesting why not have a little bit of both? Like there's natural magic or magic outside of the fashion thing, but you know, like it's kind of like mixing uh, magic and technology. What does that look like? You know. So I was picturing these uh, mermaids as very vicious, like predatory, carnivorous, yeah. like That's not thing too, yeah. not the stunningly beautiful mermaids oh, yeah. that you would normally, but like 
I mean, we just watched uh, Renfield last night, actually, with <laughs> Nicolas Cage's Dracula, and picturing like those kinds of fangs, the like pointy, like yeah. oh, the Nosferatu style fangs. Yeah, exactly. They probably don't wear clothes, you know. <laughs> yeah, or they like sure, rip the sure. skin off. Oh, yeah. they, wear the, they wear the skins of the things that they've murdered. I, I think that they're very um, barbaric in their whatever right. clothes they might wear. As that that was going to be my follow-up question is how sentient do you imagine these mermaids being these merfolk being i i think they like are sentient i just think that they're very vicious and violent in their ways uh, look i'm here to support vicious mermaids courtney yeah, I, just want, <laughs> okay. I just want to know the stakes that we're dealing with here yeah i think they're they're fully aware they have their own culture it's just the way that they need to consume uh flesh leads mm. to them being dangerous and predatory <laughs> gotcha gotcha i wonder if if in order to get out land they have to take people's flesh oh, like a really fucked up little mermaid kind of thing yeah oh my god could you imagine ariel but she's wearing like a girl suit oh my god <laughs> okay, hold on hold on daniel i thought you said that you wanted to move away from fashion because that just sounds like you're wearing like human leather at that point you're like you're stretching on like oh man th- these these pants won't fit over my murfin or whatever it is as oh. you're trying to like put human legs on basically oh, what i mean is i don't i, I didn't want to have fashion dictate all magic so i think this is like it's neat in that it would tie in the through line of fashion yeah. having something to do with it thematically yeah. which is yeah. make, you know <laughs> oh i'm just i'm just giving you bullshit daniel because I, I just think it's a funny image of like watching a mermaid try and like str- you know how, like sometimes you face sh- up yeah exactly yeah <laughs> or like struggle to get on a pair of pants or something oh like that God. I, on. I i just i just see that but like a, but it's a like horrifically splash. dark moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is the best Little Mermaid movie ever made. <laughs> I'm picturing, you know, that skit from um, uh, I think you should leave the like old... uh, Max Chaos one. Yes, the oh, uh, yeah. I've got too much shit on. It's hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm picturing like that <laughs> level of like grotesque. Uh, maybe before like that illusion is complete, but like if you see through the illusion, that's what you see. It's like, super fucked up, just like skin mask. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, I love that. I love that. And it, it ties into the most dangerous and extremely beautiful world full of magic. If you can right. have mermaids yeah. that slip on human pajamas <laughs> and they're very beautiful, but underneath <laughs> they're actually horrific, you know, bloodthirsty yeah. uh, fish people. Yeah. Amazing. The holidays are right around the corner. Mermaids, make sure that you have your literal footy pajamas ready. <laughs> 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 Oh man. Okay. Okay. This is as much as I would love to dwell on these horrific mermaids just a little bit more. Daniel, why don't you hit us with your second tenant? What are you working with here? Well, incidentally, I just looked at it. it, it I don't know. It, it makes sense, but it is no human <laughs> has ever seen the ocean before until now. And this has changed everything. Oh, that's, that's literally the mermaid. <laughs> Does that mean what was the guy called in Little Mermaid? The Eric Prince? Prince Eric. Does Eric finally see the ocean in his Little Mermaid princess? <laughs> Fucking horrible <laughs> skin suit. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, okay. Question, question. So, so when you say have never seen the ocean, do you mean that they've never seen the ocean? Do you mean that no one has ever lived to tell the tale of seeing the ocean before? Um, I think no human has ever seen it before, so it's only oh, been wow. legended or talked about interesting that is very interesting yeah because now i'm imagining that the merfolk are not just like 
sea or ocean based mermaids, but they're also river mermaids and stuff like that as well, which would be kind of interesting because river merfolk aren't as like well represented as like full oceanic ones. Although you've got like the anglerfish angle going on. So mm-hmm. they could use smaller bodies of water to travel deeper into the world. Oh, true. True. true yeah. True. Yeah. Maybe they're both fresh and, and saltwater fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. And again, maybe like the, the use of humans is like necessary for traversal between yes. water types or something like that. You got to get out of the river a little bit, go to the next body of water, which means you need a skin suit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's great. Daniel, that is a great tenant, by the way. That is that is such a cool and specific <laughs> tenant. So when you say that though, I, I can't help but imagine that we're now like locked into like a very mountainous region for some reason. Like anything beyond the mountains is incredibly difficult to get to. Mm-hmm. And something recently happened where that has changed. Also, we're we're working with like the danger. So yeah, that makes sense too. Man, yeah, that's really fun. There's so much possibility there. Yeah, I wanted it to be open-ended because I didn't really know. I just had this vision of like seeing the ocean for the first time and what that would be like. Um, mm-hmm. And since we're talking about mermaids now, that's quite terrifying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, as someone who is currently in the Midwest, who is longing to see an ocean, I, I can tell you, yeah, no, that would, it's it's a wild feeling. Anyway, anyway, um, I don't really have a good segue for my second tenet, but The way that the prompt and the tenets are worded, it says humans with butterfly wings and bird wings. So that to me implies that these are not like a different race or different species, but rather these are humans who have grafted on wings or have somehow like stuck wings onto themselves. So I've decided that I'm going body horror, but not in the like surgical sense. Uh, Shout out to C.R. Rowanson, by the way, if he's listening, he'll love this concept, but Basically, I have it in mind that the wings that they're using are actually parasitic in some way. So Mm -hmm. these are humans who have attached like living parasites that give them flight. And uh, again, if if we're going with fashion, that's also a big part of it as well, where, you know, how there's the Victoria's Secret of the the Paris uh, shows where it's like, oh, wow, they're walking down and they have angel wings on, you know, like it's that kind of thing. Except, oh, they're moving. And it's because they're grotesque parasites that have just grown into wings, whether they be insect or, or feathers or what have you. But yeah, that's that's what I got. Uh, gross, weird parasites are the reason for human wings. I like that image of it. And um, it makes me think to a couple of things. One is um, Pretty Do Street Station. Of course, we got to bring it up. The the hand creatures that like are parasitic and control their hosts. Do you know what I'm talking about? From Parasite, the anime? No, Pretty Do Street Station. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. I'm sorry, because there's also an anime called Parasite where they manifest in like the hands. Uh, Yeah. No, just the, the hands that graft onto people and control them. Yes. Um, and then also the Scavenger's Reign, which I've been watching on HBO. It's an animated series about people on a very, very alien, weird world. And I could see something like this happening there because there's stuff in that show of like just parts of things grafting onto other things and mutating in, in weird ways. So like I'm kind of picturing like uh, somebody like, ripping the parasite wing off of some other being and like affixing it to themselves oh, to get yeah. this. So it's like a, a very like deliberate transfer. Mm. That's horrifying. 
Mm-hmm. And I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the idea that there are creatures who are basically just purely hosts to like uh, numerous parasites that give them all sorts of vestigial and like powerful like limbs and other things. Mm-hmm. Kind of like if you're playing the game Spore from back in the day where you're just like, I'm going to take off the beak and move it around. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that kind of like genetic soup that exists. Yeah. Except in person. And that is just, ugh, it's gross to think about it that way. The show that you mentioned, um, I just started watching that too. And it's some of the most amazing like xenobiology conceived, like, like visually puts a conception that I've ever seen. I'm like, wow, yeah. it makes sense just watching how, when you start to, you start to learn how these things function just by watching them and it doesn't explain anything, but it makes sense. And it's just like really amazing that show. Yeah, I, agree. I have no idea. Like watching it, like how did they mm-hmm. think of some of these things? It's like yeah. so mind blowing the so interconnectedness weird. and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll make as you're watching, you're like, okay, I'm starting to understand this ecosystem, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I have no idea how this ecosystem works. You know? Right. right. <laughs> what was the name of that? Because that sounds dope as shit. Scavengers Rain. Mm-hmm. Scavengers Rain. All right. Yeah. yeah. On HBO, I gotta get HBO, mm-hmm. Courtney. Oh, come yeah. On. <laughs> yeah. I'll stick to my Great British Bake Off for the time being. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's, that's, fair. that's fair. For those who um, are thinking about this, the name that has been given to this world, I was just running some anagrams against it. And the only interesting things that come out of it is reweaving water vein Ooh. and invertera, which all interestingly can work with what we're working on so far. My brain immediately goes water vein, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think all of those do work, but I think I prefer the water vein one. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring up the name of the world because that is what my second tenant oh. is based on. Oh, actually. Courtney, what do you got? Yeah. Uh, so I thought that the Vinay or Vinette part of the name of the world sounded like it was related to wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to establish that there are vineyards of the gods that produce some sort of special or magical wine. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Did we have any ideas about the wine, like the properties of the wine, perhaps? And what about it is magical, exactly? When you mentioned wine, I'm thinking about probably these badly dressed uh, uh, wizards potentially making wine for themselves as well. Oh, yeah. I, I could definitely see that. Like, they're on their own, like, wizard tower vineyard of sorts uh-huh. or something. But yeah, as far as properties go, I didn't have anything in mind. I just thought it would be very, like, mm. a very high-end luxury product. Maybe it has some sort of, like, amplified alcohol effect, or it can provide powers of some sort, or... Mm. And like I'm saying gods kind of loosely here. It doesn't necessarily need to be like the the Greek pantheon type of thing, but sure. Um just something that basically very powerful entities mm-hmm. enjoy. Okay, two things about that. One, in my brain, I'm just imagining like a slope on a mountain, and there's a wizard's tower, and there's like an army of merfolk trying to like sack the wizard's tower so they can get at the sweet, sweet, delicious wine. <laughs> Yeah. Like there's like a siege going on and like that is like the conflict that's going on. Uh, and secondly, I have a question for you. Do the wines need to be magical? Because if they're mundane and they're just extremely uh, like sought after and they're extremely rare, that to me can be really interesting to work with as well. You know, it's kind of like what is the most 
rare, expensive, and sought-after mundane good. And if it's wine, that's kind of an interesting thing that we can work with, too. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily need to be magical, more so just special. Uh, So it could be very high value. It could be made of, you know, grapes that are mythological in some way, um, Mm. something like that. Could there be some, so we've established a relationship with the ocean and what is known about it. And it seems to be this mythical sort of thing. And it seems to me that the mermaids are encroaching for some reason. I wonder Mm -hmm. if the wizards being sort of hermit types and weirdos, um, I'm I'm thinking like, they're all kind of like Gary Oldman and Dracula, like each one of them in their own special way. Ooh. That's how weird I'm thinking, like very elaborately dressed, sure. but also fucking weird. But anyway, so my point being, if they're making these wines, perhaps there is something in the wines that comes from either the ocean or the mermaids that they're trying to reclaim. Mm. And that taste of the ocean is really precious mm. to the people in the land. Oh, but the I mermaids see. want it back, you know. So there is, um, there is actually something called a sea grape it's just like a kind of algae or seaweed Mm. i think but like maybe in this world it could be actual like sea grapes from the ocean Mm. oh i love that because i can see this interplay like i like the idea of probably especially not making it magical in the sense that like that ends up being the solution in and of itself but its magicalness could come from like you're saying this mundane property of it that makes it legendary so mm-hmm. like the people uh, might be tasting the sea and they, they can talk about it being a sea grape. They've never seen the sea. So to them, no, this yeah. wine is very precious, right? Yeah. But the yeah. mermaids, for whatever reason, either want to destroy the wine or get it back mm-hmm. or to them, maybe it's a sacrilege to have taken mm-hmm. and created this wine, you know? Yeah. Like the wizards at some point had like foraged the sea grapes and like yeah. went back and mm-hmm. cultivated it in their, I don't know, like aquarium vineyards or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's so much here that we need to unpack because there's so much really cool shit that we can talk about here. Uh, Number one, the fact that you have a history told through wine is a really fascinating idea. Like people only know of the ocean through this grape and through the wines themselves. One, amazing idea. Really fucking fabulous. And two, Daniel, I believe that your second tenet was the fact that humans have only recently seen the ocean. And as a result, this has changed everything. And what I imagine this to be is, yeah, no, it has caused conflict between humans and the merfolk. And then on top of that, it also indicates or suggests to me that the merfolk have effectively created a barrier around the ocean. So it's it's something like, the the merfolk encroach so far inland that the humans aren't even allowed to come close to a coast. And so obviously this grape, this sea grape is like a myth of like rebellion or a myth of like something that it, it, like it is literally a seed of rebellion in the form of a grape, in the form of a wine. Uh, when we were talking about the different races here too, um, you know, we have the merfolk, we have human, and he lists human with butterfly wings, right? And I wonder if, like, either the the wizard types are either the humans or they're these modified humans. And mm-hmm. that way we can kind of sidestep no human has ever seen the ocean. Like, perhaps these wizards aren't quite human, and they're the ones who have uh, seen the ocean, and they've recovered yeah. these grapes. But the rest of the population, which is human, they're the ones who are learning of the ocean by virtue of the grapes. That's what I was thinking too. And I was picturing it more like there's just um, a natural like landscape of the world. That means that 
humans are in these sort of like mountain enclosed valleys mm. that are preventing them from getting to the sea. But the uh, wizards who might be the humans with these wing attachment parasite oh, things, they can fly they can over, fly over oh, yeah. the mountains, oh, yeah. get yeah. to the ocean, bring stuff uh, back from that. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to anticipate what you said there, but I was no, just no. Like, I knew you were leading yeah. you there. Yeah. <laughs> Which would also explain why, like in my brain, I think of like wizard towers in the mountains. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, yeah, the lair of the wizard is the mountain. So you have like mountain men, but wizards who are also like fashion designers in some way. I guess. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We should probably yeah figure out how the fashion bit works because I think it's it's very interesting. It's probably at the core of them. Um, yeah. But in a way, we've gotten that barrier that you're talking about almost is a natural barrier. Like they almost don't have to construct it because it's the it's the rebellion is the wizards um, originally going over and plucking those things. So it's not, right. I guess it's not much a rebellion so much as them taking what they should have taken. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, I, I'm also thinking that the, the merfolk are so territorial that like mm-hmm. that is another reason why like regular exploration doesn't tend to go well as exactly. well, you know? Yeah. So it's probably an element of what you said before, where it's like yeah. the reason why no one is ever in the ocean is because they never get close enough they get killed you know, by mm-hmm. the mermaid. Right. Yeah. Whether it be for like pseudo-religious reasons, that's also mm-hmm. the other thing that I have in mind is that there is something sacred about the grape, sacred about oh man, the fact that there are like ocean vineyards or like beach vineyards is also a really yeah. interesting thing. And I mean, we could also go like more. Because you said that there are ocean grapes, Courtney, but we can kind of take that and just make it whatever we want. So mm-hmm. the idea that you could have like entire vineyards on the water is a really interesting thing to me. Kind of like floating gardens of the Aztec Empire, but, you know, an entire ocean that is full of grapes or or at least partially covered in, in vines and grapes and stuff like that. That's really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Damn, there's so much that we can work with here. There's there's a lot. Um so, Daniel, should we address the fashion stuff now? Um, we can think of, I mean, we could talk a little bit more about um, the sense of magic. So, so far, we don't really have the presence of magic other than that it's clear these wizards have affixed some biologies themselves, right? Right. And mm-hmm. they seem to have more power than the people because they're able to create grapes. And mm-hmm. But I don't, the only, whatever we do, I don't want them to be um, figures who have any sort of government or moral authority like they're really fringes they're things on the fringe right like they're freakish kind of things people don't really want to mess with them Mm. yeah i mean i could see that like if if they have you know taken these parasitic things off of other stuff and like attached Mm -hmm. to themselves like can imagine regular humans being like "Ooh, these guys are fucking weird like they make amazing wine it's delicious but other than that we don't want to we don't want to see them at all i can see someone like you know some kids trying to as a dare like sneak into like some manse of Mm -hmm. one of these wizards to get you know a bottle of this wine and things go horribly awry you know yeah Mm -hmm. i like that that's a fun idea yeah well what i'm thinking as well is that we can kind of use the wizards as a tension point between the humans right Mm -hmm. Uh, what I mean by that is if the wizards, like they're all about like altering their biology and like grafting parasitic things to them as their form of magic, maybe they stand out amongst humans as outcasts and whatnot, because they're the ones who don't indulge in fashion magic in the magic of the world that is traditional to humans. And maybe they're the exception to the rule in that regard. They've rejected it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And obviously 
fashion designers will look at that and they'll try and mimic it in some way. Like, oh, they'll try and create the silhouette of a wing or create the silhouette that is inspired by wizardry, but it's not mm-hmm. the same. It's still a facsimile of it. And their fashion magic still exists. Again, if we're if we're focusing on the beauty aspect of the prompt oh. as well, I think that that works pretty well in positioning the wizards in between the merfolk and the humans and where they sit in society. And their their fashion being odd. I, I wonder too if I wonder too. This is another rad, radical suggestion, but the move to make the the um, wine not magical. I wonder if we can make the entirety of the setting not really overtly magical. Like, so perhaps there is fashion and it affects some kind of power in their society, mm-hmm. but maybe it's not a magical power. Like maybe their fashion is somehow connected to the sea in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know what I mean? Like I'm thinking like, as opposed to having fashion generate what we'd expect from a typical fantasy, magical stuff happening from it. Like, I don't know, like charm and you can weave stuff out of nothing. What do you expect from magical fantasy? What if, the fashion aspect of this does something that is ultimately mundane, but feels magical in their society. Like it's just a very particularly beautiful thing that attracts a lot of attention in like a non-magical way, but it's, yeah, it feels magical to them. I don't know if that violates the, because the prompt says the world is full of magic, right? Yeah, that's, but, but but I'm trying to push against that because so far we have mermaids who what they're doing certainly seems magical because they're wrapping themselves in skin suits. Right. <laughs> but that could ultimately be biological. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if instead of having um, a high magic setting, it could be low magic, but that just feels high mm-hmm. magic. And I don't know how to do that, but I think that might be interesting because then we can get really mm-hmm. keep mundane things very sparkly, you know? Well, what we could do is we could, because low magic doesn't mean that there's no magic. It just means that right. magic is concentrated into specific people's hands. Mm-hmm. And right? it's very important too, as a result. Yeah, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. So maybe what you can do is you can have these, like, you can have the fashion designers of the world who are fonts of magic. But in that regard, they're like, if we're talking about this in like role-playing game terms, it, it doesn't mean that they're a 20th level wizard. It means that they're like a fifth level wizard who is like specked out because think about it this way, right? If you had access to third level spells in real life, you'd be able to crack reality in half. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder, okay, what if, what if their source of magic also somehow is stolen from the sea? Because that would create yeah. more enmity with the mermaids. Perhaps they possess something that over the years has fueled their fashion and magic. Yeah, I was okay. wondering oh. to like um, harvesting other things from the sea, like kelps, or using I don't know the vines of these sea grapes or the mm. flesh of them or something to like spin fine sea mm. silk threads that they use to put into other stuff, and maybe that's like this iridescent holographic quality that the mermaids have too. Yeah, that's that, that's exactly what I was thinking. Is that if the wizards graft like parasites onto themselves, then why can't the fashionistas as well, except mm-hmm. they harvest it from the glamour using merfolk, right? Like the, it's, it's, it comes into direct conflict in that way, or maybe they're harvesting it from something that doesn't necessarily fight back. So they don't know that it's, you know, merfolk related in some way. They, they took the flesh of the sea, Courtney. Like yeah. It's a parallel yeah. to them taking the flesh of humans. Yeah, or it could be like the thermorfolk eggs or something that they don't realize are eggs. Oh, yeah. God. yeah. So, so that works, but I'm afraid that it kind of takes away from the specialness of the grapes that we were talking about earlier. 
you know, where it's just like, okay. And on top of that, there's like conflict within the merfolk that way as well. You know, like, I feel like you're putting a hat on a hat. So I feel like we have to pick one or the other in that regard. I mean, I'm not opposed entirely to the idea of both happening, but I feel like perhaps too much emphasis is being put on their relationship with the merfolk. You know what I mean? It could be um, like, if we want to, I I like the idea that this is a deep and abiding enmity that goes back a long time. I agree. I I could, for example, see, you know, if it's eggs, which is what she was suggesting, like, Perhaps it's like ancient eggs that have been used from maybe this basin used to be a, an ocean, right? And they mm. they're taking the calcified remains of eggs uh, that are here, yeah. you know, mm, yeah. and that's part of the chalk of their fashion, like the fabric of it, and mm. that also upsets the mermaids because you're using literally our graveyard, right? Yeah, it's an ancient yeah, mermaid cool. graveyard. Yeah. Wow. That's why they would be attracted to going to that basin too in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. yeah that that works for me mm. by the way I, I was going to say I'm like wow this world feels really small and i genuinely don't mind that at all i like the idea that what we're creating here is not an entire world but what feels like a country within a world or like a very specific mm-hmm. region within a world you know so we can we can kind of come back to it later and like you know just throw it in somewhere else you know mm-hmm. um the other the other alternative that i was thinking of besides the graveyards is the idea that i don't know maybe there were river merfolk before humans recognized that you can just harvest them for magical materials and then you know humans do what humans do in those situations but that's uh more depressing than the grave robbing i think (laughs) i mean we we could have there's probably different versions of mermaids too like you know yeah that some of them are river folk yeah or or yeah, maybe uh, maybe something happened where the ancient enemies, like the Merfolk, retreated, and then it's been generations have gone by, but the Merfolk don't forget. The Merfolk never forget. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Yeah, I like this. Very like um, it's it is like you're saying it's a small world, but I think that you can put a lot of layers into it, which is neat. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. like you're saying, yeah. if you have divisions within the mermaids, that gives them a lot of nuance. You can have a lot of historical interplay between the fact that this is a, an old calcified graveyard of the ocean, and yet it's also being renewed with these um, grapes that are fresh from the sea, right? Like, there's a lot of to mm-hmm. history to learn between the two. Maybe the weavers of the of the art, like the fashion people, they don't even know that it's a calcified graveyard, and that's something to yeah. discover. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Hear me out. What if there's a sea witch who offers a mermaid legs so they can go and fall in love with a prince in the human world? And then we can Romeo and Juliet it up, you know, yeah. so so that way there's unity. And also there's a crab that sings. Um, oh my God. <laughs> I could totally see um, an inversion of that where it's like you have a, a youngish mermaid girl is taken on human skin who has some tasks to perform and some human falls in love with her, but she really doesn't give a shit and she's going to eat him eventually, yeah. but she needs to get yeah. something and it plays out like a romance for part of it. And then it turns into a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we could go with your idea that you had brought up before of the, uh, the kids sneaking into a, a wizard's yeah. tower and like maybe this, Mer girl is part of that group. Yes, pretending exactly. to be. Uh, oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah, uh-huh. and then like just as the chorus to "Kiss the Girl" comes on, like 
she transforms and eats the shit out of him. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like rips his face off. Amazing movie. Amazing <laughs> movie. Love it. And the wizard uh, comes in. He's like, "Well, fuck." <laughs> <laughs> Not again. Because <laughs> I'm sure the wizards have fought mermaids before. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And I'm picturing again. I'm going back to one of my favorite books, which I've mentioned a million times here, which is the Diagarth series. But in that world, there's all the wizards are fucking weirdos who are horrible, mm-hmm. and they all live alone and do terrible things. But like. Some of them are really powerful and some of them are really not powerful. They're just kind of lucky. So mm-hmm. I can see like, you know, if, if the protagonists are not the mermaids and they're the humans having to actually team up with this wizard for a minute, you know? Yeah. He's oh, yeah. like a bumbling, crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As much fun as I'm having within this world, we do have to do a summary of our tenets because we've still got a twist to get through y'all. So mm-hmm. Daniel, you started us off. What was your first tenet? The masters of magic are as wise as they are pernicious, uh, residing singly in solitude among manses, hovels, and castles. Okay, we didn't really talk about the pernicious part, did we? I don't think that enough attention has been paid to that yet. Um, I mean, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm happy to talk more about it. I just think that they're very um, unpredictable and very selfish. <laughs> right, right. But, but that's what I mean. I mean, like, what can we do to amplify that up to 11? Yes, they're making the wine. Maybe it's just for themselves, right? Like, maybe they're just a bunch of drunks. But <laughs> yeah, I think they are. <laughs> right. So, like, but, like, let's amplify that further, right? What can we do to, like, crank up the perniciousness? What can we do to, like, maybe they're, like, often seen as, like, masterminds behind, like, conflict of merfolk and human in some way, something like that. I'd rather them like be very disinterested or uninterested in um, political maneuvering. They're not interested mm-hmm. in the affairs right. of humans like below or really the mermaids. But I could see because they're selfish, for example, there's an industry down below where the people are yes. in, the, in the mountains. And, and it has to do with recovered, essentially recovered stuff that's been calcified from the ocean. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure they know that. So I'm sure that they exploit people or they may be, um, you know, they they hire people to do their work and get them more supplies mm-hmm. and they're probably cruel or, um, you know, you have to bargain with them to get certain knowledge and that's difficult. Yeah. I can imagine them being individually different kinds of jerks. You know, yeah. that's what I'm picturing. Like this particular one, if you bring him a roasted turkey, he'll be less cruel and not polymorph you. Whereas <laughs> this one, if you say, you know, the word um, baffled, which he just hates, he will set everything on fire. You know, like they're all kind of nuts. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. That is exactly what I had in mind, Daniel, as yeah, well. Yeah. Just like, because in traditional mythology, like the wizard is the quest giver, right? He is the mm-hmm. one who calls the hero to action. But now let's take that and be like, uh, yeah, no, I just want you to go and do this task for me. And I'm I go going, away. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm going to like wrap it in mysticism. So I appear mysterious, but really, yes. I just need you to do my dirty work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly what they're like. Yeah. And they can probably be manipulated too because you know that they're fundamentally selfish. So if you know what they want, you can work with them. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I agree. I don't think that they should be involved in politics at all. That's mm-hmm. not what I meant. But I meant like they're quest givers, but they are going to inadvertently cause <laughs> yeah. a bunch of like problems. Chaos. And problems, <laughs> yes, between specifically between merfolk and humans. And they probably hate each other more than anyone else. That's what I Ooh, think. Yeah. I think that they yeah, are yeah, rivals yeah. with each other 100%. over the over the wine. And yes. their version oh. of it's maybe it's not that, that they don't like fashion. They just think that their fashion is superior to the world below they came from. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. so they have their own fashion shows. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Who cares about fashion? We make wine. Wine that is transcendent. They're wine snobs. That's mm-hmm. what they're doing. Okay. They have parties every other, but it's like very yeah. selective and they're very pissy about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Instead of a wizard's council, they literally get together every year and like yeah. have a wine competition. Judge. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. yeah. And so like there's like generations of like, oh, this person's going to sabotage my mm-hmm. vineyard this yes. year and yes. like that's the political machinations that i'm talking that's exactly about. It. it's super petty yeah. and mm-hmm. super local yes 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 <laughs> exactly. exactly oh my god and, I, and they all i just want to stress this enough they all look either like gary oldman or <laughs> they look like nick cage in this new movie it's either yeah. or they're not horrible <laughs> okay. undead monsters but they look like that I would like yeah. to throw in a third option, which is Mad Madam Mim from The Sword and yes. the Stone. Yes, for that. Yes, 100%. <laughs> and, and by the way, Mad Madam Mim's rivalry with uh, Merlin in that, yes, in that Merlin. movie is exactly what I have Just in like mind. Just like that. Well. Yes, yeah. me too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and once you toss in like the grafting part of their magic, oh it's like, man, we're, we're really heavy on the Disney movies today. <laughs> Okay, yes, that's great. I'm happy with that. I love that. This is amazing. Uh, my first one was the fashion thing. Um, I think that like aesthetics and beauty and magic all kind of go hand in hand. I think that we could flesh that out a little bit further in terms of like what the magic does. But I like the delineation that we've made between the merfolk, the wizards, and the traditional human magic that is normally involved. But yeah, we uh, we'll... we'll I, I'm not entirely satisfied, but I'm willing to move on so we can kind of figure it out a little bit later. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like we probably will get some cool ideas when we do factions. And st- Is this a one shot? It's a one part. One shot. Oh, yeah. It's a one part. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I think that if we had a second episode to do factions, that would certainly be the uh, thing to do. But maybe the magic is very artifice based or enchantment based because it's, well, we were yeah. saying, more practical. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was thinking a lot of glamours and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Like the ability to do illusory magic is again, super underrated in terms of like how D and D represents it compared to what it could actually do in, you know, the real world, like having like clothes that muffle your sound and make you effectively silent, super, super powerful in the real world and vice versa. Like if you create an area that is just like, Hey, everything around this area is silent way more dangerous, way more powerful than you might expect, especially in the right settings. Like go to a busy ass factory and then make everything silent where, oh yeah, you're kind of relying on your senses to guide you through places. Uh, but but anyway, I'm, I'm getting ahead of my, oh, maybe, maybe that's what we can do is we can make it very uh, sensual in that the magic relies very much on the senses of the other people to perceive it. So it's about sound, sight, taste it's uh you know feel etc i think that might be something kind of interesting as well um but anyway courtney what was your first tenet and how are we doing with it uh mine was that the mermaids are predators and use their holographic tails to lure in prey and we haven't really gotten into the luring too much but i think it's sort of it works with what we've discussed as far as the mermaids uh having a core relationship with humans and uh taking their flesh to yes travel on land and stuff so certainly predatory we've got the predator part down no problem but yeah do you think that they're sufficiently barbarous let let me ask you that 
Uh, certainly with how I'm picturing them. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. But like now that we're effectively looking at them as like cultivators of like sea grapes, is that still like, because mind you, you don't have to like look at it in a processed way, but like, does that still jibe for you in terms of how you see them? Oh yeah, definitely. Like I, I don't think that they're like growing or protecting of this kind of plant takes away from the fact that they like will just consume raw human flesh. Okay, good. I, I just wanted, <laughs> yeah, Courtney. I just wanted to make sure that your bloodlust was sated. Okay, that's, okay. that's all yeah. I'm, I'm looking out for you. That's all I'm mm -hmm. trying to do. Okay. Yeah. What I really like about the study too is it's very tight. Like I could easily oh, see this being a single. Um, if you're doing RPG, like a single exploration area where you've got mm -hmm. the basin, you've got some locations that are the wizard spots, and then you've got like oh, the yeah. beach. And that alone, maybe as a grotto, like that alone is enough to create some really cool adventures. And, yeah. and even in the short time we fleshed out, I think strong corners of how this works that you could easily build a module with, which is fun. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. To me, I see this as like a very mountainous island mm -hmm. where like you can literally just copy paste it into most magical settings and it would probably work yeah you. it'll work it'll work yeah 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 exactly exactly and and you can there's even multiple ways to play me i'm sorry we're in the middle of the tennis but what, what i think is also interesting is um you, there's multiple point of views right you could play the mermaids uh, although there'll be a little bit, a little bit less mystery, and you could play you know, the humans. You could even play a crazy wizard, like, mm -hmm. and you can mix the party mm -hmm. together. Maybe, maybe I don't know if you'd be able to mix the mermaid in as easily with non mermaids, but there's ways to make it work. But I think it's always possibilities are on hand, you know. Yeah, I feel like that would be like a hidden role uh, RPG where mm -hmm. like one is a secret mermaid with the yeah. ultimate goal to like yes. rip apart the the wizard that they're looking for or something. But I could also. Like when you said, you know, you could play wizards, it could be like that that end of year competition that we talked about where you're all together mm. at a, a banquet, like everybody is playing a wizard and you're trying to like <laughs> talk about how amazing your wine is. And that's that's the one shot is just you like puffing up yeah. your chest about how amazing your, your grapes yeah. are and stuff. I love it. All politics, all backstabbing, all like, oh, did you see that? Uh, Grimland the Bland put in some salt into his rival's <laughs> mug, like all sorts of nonsense like that. Mm, um, so good. Yeah, like there's there's so many different things that you could do with it. Everyone plays an evil character in that one because you're yeah. all bastards. Yeah. yeah, that's correct. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you talking about the illusory magic affecting all senses, like that could also be part of the uh, the backstabbing in a competition like that, where they make the judges taste different things as they're tasting certain wines or like Ooh, infusing yeah. their wines with like a, a foul smell or a particularly pleasant smell, depending on the outcome they want. Sure. Sure. Oh, for the, okay. So for the, for the hidden role thing that you're talking about, there's like the hidden mermaid. You could literally just put Ariel like, Oh, this is a, this is a peasant looking girl who can't talk. But the reason that she can't talk is not because she can't, but because, she doesn't have like human lips or human mouth. <laughs> so, like if she tries to speak, she's going to sound like a fish person. So she just acts mute. But mm -hmm. she doesn't have lungs. <laughs> <laughs> so like if you're doing this as a one shot and people aren't aware, then they'll immediately just be like, oh, it's like Ariel from The Little Mermaid. And they're going to like try and get her to like smooch a person or something like that. 
but in reality they're a horrific monster in human skin like, like <laughs> they're so cute yeah. <laughs> until the illusion wears off right <laughs> and, and that's how you play on preconceived notions of like characters right uh-huh. where it's just like oh boy this is very clearly a mermaid you know like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> there's clues at the beginning of the adventure that the oh, players yeah. promptly ignore because they're not paying attention and you wouldn't expect them to pick up on it where some little girl goes missing in the very beginning <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. the skin suit <laughs> wait 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 wait. it's not it's not that she went missing it's that she returned after being missing yes yes they found her she's fine yeah mm-hmm. she was fine but she was so scared she never talked again her parents disappeared though <laughs> yeah <laughs> now she's an orphan so she yeah. joined this little kids club because she's so lonely yeah or no it's an orphanage uh, you know, like, the yeah. orphanage yes Kids are disappearing. Oh, and the, the orphanage supplies uh, employees for the competition to work the competition. Like, <laughs> the they're, they're, they're like the serving oh girls and stuff. Oh my yeah. gosh, she's a serving girl. And so that's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you can you can even run the competition if you want to run it where the players are human sneaking in to steal wine during the competition. Like they could come in while the competition is going on. Maybe one of the players is also a wizard in the competition. And when they all kind of get meshed together, that's when the serving girl gets brought into it. <laughs> But little do you know, she has her own yeah. agenda. <laughs> this is also this could also easily just be run as a heist, right? Because yeah, if to steal the grapes. <laughs> yeah, no, not just the grapes, but the wine. Because like, mm-hmm. okay, Courtney's second tenant. I'm jumping the gun. It's like the wine of the gods, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, these are going to be incredibly expensive. So mm-hmm. thieves are going to want to go to this like uh, Catalina wine mixer type event. <laughs> And they're going to want to steal all the wine because it sells for crazy amounts of money. I've got to run this as an OSR game. As like maybe a a short, a short, so much fun. This could totally be like a Dungeons and Flagons. Martin would be the (laughs) the host. He's definitely the host of the event. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) absolutely. Okay, okay. We're we're way off track here. But I, I mean, I'm loving it, but we're way off track. So... Courtney, what was your second tenant? Oh no, wait, we're who got Nora Daniel. Daniel, what is your second tenant? No, no one has seen the no human has seen the ocean before until now, and that changes everything. Yes. And I feel very satisfied with that. How about you? Yeah, I think you can interpret until now, meaning a face-to-face encounter with a mermaid because that represents the ocean. Um, it sure. could mean an excursion there, and then you encounter the horrific mermaid situation, and you have to bring mm-hmm. the information back home. It all depends on your perspective. I suppose. Well, I mean, you could also see it as the wizards, like you know, when they say now, it means like oh, they brought back and are starting to make wine. Oh, true. That could be a new thing itself. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Maybe in the first generation doing this. Yeah. My second tenet was that uh, the wings, like when it says human with angel or human with butterfly wings, those are just grotesque parasites. And again, that is very much wizard based. So mm-hmm. I feel happy with that. But they see parasites, the, the, the creatures originally that gives them the wings. Uh-huh. What's that? Maybe. Like are the parasites from the ocean? Ooh, like there's something else yeah. they recovered, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So all magic effectively comes from the sea, according to seems these like humans, it, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether they know it or not, because if they're using like dried merfolk eggs, then you know that's mm-hmm. a big part of it too. So mm-hmm. yeah, satisfied there. Uh, I'm I'm happy with it. I'm also thinking that it goes beyond just wings as well. It could probably be other grotesque 
horrifying things as well. But yeah, there, there's all sorts of stuff. So Courtney, finish us off here. What was your second tenet? Uh, yeah, that there are vineyards of the gods that produce some sort of special wine. And I, I'm very happy with how that's turned out. <laughs> yeah. Become a surprisingly core part of the setting with the yeah. uh, wizard, wizard sommeliers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just love, again, Daniel and I have already talked about it, but I love how local this particular setting has become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels so goddamn fun. And yeah, anyway. Okay, so so that wraps it up for us, right? When it comes to the tenets. We got all of our tenets out, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I suppose we have to roll and reconcile the twist now, right? Yep. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. It's a one-parter, so we got to shorten it up. All right, and our twist this time is it's a trap. So, how, okay, how and why and what do we do with it's a trap here? Mm-hmm. What's the trap? Well, the trap can't be the mermaids because that's obvious. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So maybe we reverse trap the mermaids then, huh? Mm-hmm. Like the something about the wine that's luring them there is a trap. Like the wizards mm-hmm. want to capture oh. mer people or something. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So is there pieces of shit? Those wizards. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, one of them wants to, maybe they, maybe they, they realize that the wine, like what if they turned the mermaid's blood into wine and they drank that? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be great? Okay. I actually have an idea about that, Daniel. What if the grapes that we've been thinking about the entire time are actually not grapes, but they're actually like merfolk eggs, which is explained. Didn't I see that before? Maybe not. No, you had said that the eggs were a source of magic. I remember you said that. I don't think we ever established that the grapes themselves were eggs, did we? No, I think I was thinking it, but I probably never said that part because okay. we moved on. We we could do something like that. So it's like, you know, the wine isn't actually grape wine. It's actually like caviar wine, mm-hmm. which is gross, actually. Yeah. Like, really disgusting. And that, that would explain why they care so much about the sea grapes and yeah. why they're so protective of them despite yeah. being carnivores. And yeah. Yeah. And yeah, they're they're literally trying to protect their young. Plus it would tie into the thing that we were talking about previously where like dried eggs or something like that is magical through the the fashion part. You know, I, I, we were talking about that previously, right? Mm-hmm. So that could work too. Yeah. I could see Bergram saying, "Well, this year I have a special drink and it involves a blender of mermaid oh, <laughs> mermaid babies." Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, no, it's it's about crushing them and then letting it ferment, you know. Hence the mm. blender, because mergram is cheap. <laughs> I, I truly feel like this is a mix between like wine and like a sur strumming type thing because it's like fishy, right? It's like a cab it's it's a mix between caviar and wine, but it's like the product is probably going to smell really god-awful at some point. And mm. oh my god, does that build into the fashion part where in order for you to consume this wine, you have to have like a piece of, of fashion that dulls the sense of smell so you can truly taste it. Kind of like how during COVID people were eating stuff that normally disgusts them to see if their lack of sense of smell would change anything. And it did. Like this might work. It, it sounds dumb as fuck, but it might actually work. All things considered. It could also be related to um, 
they want to get access to the the mermaid tails that have this holographic iridescence to them. That true, true. Maybe that yeah. can like yeah. increase the illusory magic or like impart new flavors or or they just want to mm-hmm. use it for the fashion itself. Yeah, I think the wizards are so petty. Like, they're probably not even planning much. <laughs> like, it's something so dumb they want or so, like, so petty and and selfish. Like, either they just like the taste or, like you're mm. saying, it looks cooler on their outfit. So let's just collect a thousand tails. And, or, or for the party, Ooh. wouldn't it be nice yeah. to get some shimmering curtains? Like, it's yeah. so awful and petty and yeah. mundane. And that's what pisses the mermaids off more than yes. anything. Mm-hmm. And also, it keeps it small. Right. It's not like they need mermaids to create a concoction that's going to make the island rise out exactly. of the water. They don't give a shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't care. Or summon some demon lord. No, it's it's incredibly petty. It's incredibly yeah. mundane. This would be the most OSR setting possible. It would be so <laughs> great. Because yeah. it's like you're not gonna save the princess. You're not gonna set the kingdom free. You're gonna kill one shitty wizard who is trying to eat an egg. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And half of you will die trying. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. I could I could absolutely see you running this one. Love it. I'm so yeah. Or this is totally like a game that Will would run. <laughs> totally. Every would. every NPC is just, All a, just the worst fucking person you've ever met. <laughs> okay. Will should absolutely run a version of this. Okay. Courtney, I know that you've seen this show, but Daniel, have you ever heard of a show called Korgoth of Barbaria? No. Okay. Think of like Conan the Barbarian, right? That's kind of like the setting. It's post-apocalyptic. Um, the, the only episode that ever aired, they go to this wizard's tower because they're looking for this thing that's like a, a mythological treasure because the wizard has died recently. And then halfway through the episode, the wizard comes back and he's like, I was on vacation. Why are you guys here in my home? And, and like the thing that they were trying to steal is also just like an incredibly mundane, like dumb artifact that is like very basic. Yeah. So all of this also feels like Korgoth of Barbaria, which I, I have not seen in a while, but I enjoyed very much when it came out. It's like the whole premise of the, of the dying earth novel is that the thief, it just wants to steal something. He doesn't understand the significance of this thing. I think he's just interested in the money potentially from stealing it. It happens to be right. a very powerful piece of a larger artifact, but mm-hmm. he goes into a wizard's palace that's not there on vacation and then gets caught eventually. And <laughs> it's just so mundane and dumb of him that kickstarts this whole adventure. Right. And that's what makes it all, you know, right. hilarious. It, it's the human urge to do shit, right? Like that's what it comes down to. And honestly, that's what I love about like, cause magic or not, Right. Humans are going to have those urges to do what they want to do, to be selfish, to be petty, sometimes to be good as well. Right. Like some people are more community driven, but wizards certainly aren't. Wizards are obviously all assholes every single time, at least, at least in this setting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, I feel like the twist is beyond ridiculous and amazing. I'm a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that will do it for this episode of World Build with us. So. A big thank you once again to our listener, CEM Ono, for the prompt. We had a ton of fun with it. Thank you for the prompt itself. And of course, if you want us to build your world, if you have a prompt that you want us to build, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow some instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, you can go ahead and click that subscribe button over on YouTube. 
You can also follow us on Twitter at Let's World Build, or if you'd rather come and talk to us directly, we're on Discord. With uh, you just come chat with us about what what kind of wine your shitty wizard would make, or whatever you know. And of course, if you're feeling particularly generous, or you just want your prompt to have two episodes instead of one, among other great patron-only benefits, you can always go to our Patreon and donate to the podcast and us that way. That's going to do it for this episode of World Build with us. Remember that we love you very much. We're going to get through this together. Until next week.